I was thinking, man, uh, probably last week, week, two weeks, 10 days ago, uh, my wife was in a family room, and so there's a window. She has an office, and there's a window from the office into the living room, family room. So she was sitting there, and without her knowing, I, I kind of leaned over the wind, under the window looking through, just looking at her and smiling, you know. Thank you, Lord, for my wife. Man, if you're struggling in your marriage, I'm, I, this isn't planned, but man, if you're struggling in your marriage, uh, gentlemen, love your wife the way God loves his church. Let that be a model. Look at how Christ loved his church and start living that way. You serve and you love and you unconditionally, man. Um, that's, that's the beginning. They can make a difference. And you can say, you know, Lord, help me to do that. Help me to love my wife the way you love your church. And um, God's Spirit will put that in motion. So, yep. Well, we want to, we mentioned this last Sunday, Zach and Michelle Weist on the birth of their son, Henry, uh, a week ago Saturday, and um, they were already at serving at Guest Central today. Um, Henry said, yeah, man, let's go. Let's pack it up and go. <laughs> so they were here, man. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Also, uh, just a kind of a heads up, um, Max Corum, who is our communications director, volunteer coordinator, um, he and Erica and their family will be moving to Oklahoma at the end of February. Uh, Max has taken a position with Uversion, which is a ministry committed to getting the audio Bible out. And they're aggressively uh, tr translating into languages that don't have the Bible yet. So Max is going out there with his family. And um, we're grateful for Max and Erica, their faithfulness over the years. So, um, you know, we pray God's blessing. So they're leaving the end of February, and that's, that's a while to go. So we'll, we'll just want to give you a heads up. Uh, being part of the Life Church family. Also, um, Matt Straka, uh, he's been MIA lately. And he was down in Florida, terrible place. Uh, he was down in Florida uh, being trained for, uh, he's, going on, he's going to Zambia in May for a few months to serve. And so he, he was down there for training. And um, so we just want to acknowledge that too, man. God's doing cool stuff, you know, in, uh, in, in all of our lives, if we let him. I was reminded of uh, Ryan Tannehill. He's the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. So if you ask me, what team are you rooting for? They got a bye week this week. But um, this is what Ryan said. 
I've always kind of viewed the locker room as my mission field. Wherever God calls you, that's where God calls you to be a missionary. It's good. That's good. So um, the quorums going to Oklahoma. Um, Matt heading out to Zambia for a few months. Um, wherever you are, wherever you are, wherever God's planted you, you're a missionary. You are. Um, so let him work through you. All right, for those of you watching online and here today, you should have got your uh, newsletter. You pull it up online as well with uh, all the information that the outline, what we're talking about today. We, again, are excited about teaching the Bible. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's not even a hymn. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. <laughs> We're going to go back in history again, 1932. There were two brothers playing basketball in their backyard in a uh, family farm in Hillsdale, Wyoming. Uh, I couldn't find a family photo of that, but um, this, is, this is Hillsdale. Another, it's kind of like the, the ship, man. The, what's wrong with these photographs? Huh? Well, all right, so that's Hillsdale. That's the post office. And that's what the next photo, next photo. Oh, there it is, Hillsdale, Wyoming, the wide open prairie. And? You ever want to get there? We thought we'd help you, man. We put a map up. You take a, get your iPhone out and take a photograph of that. It's the star. You see the star? That's where it's at. Um, so, and then uh, the next one here. Let's move. So I couldn't find a family photograph of the family farm, but uh, this goes back. You can see the the wooden backboard there, huh? You can kind of make that out. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Um, the older brother was six foot five inches tall. His younger brother was five foot seven. Kind of like the classic David and Goliath, right? Um, and you might say, yeah, the younger brother probably had a distinct disadvantage. Well, that was true on one level. You'd be right, but the younger brother couldn't even get a shot off because the game of basketball at this point was played with both feet firmly planted on the ground. Why? Why was that? Because the jump shot didn't exist yet. It didn't. Uh, when you played basketball, you kept your feet on the ground. There was no law against jumping, but in people's brains, you just don't jump when you play basketball. So the older brother told his younger brother, this is not a game for you, it's for big men. It's for tall men, and you don't qualify. That wasn't very nice for an older brother. And with a word like that, the younger brother could have simply put his basketball shoes away and called at the end of the day and said, I'm, I'm quitting. But he dared to do something that was never done before. Kenny Sailors jumped into the air, put the ball over his head, and shot the basketball with one hand. 
Sailors may be the best basketball player that nobody ever heard of. <laughs> because in 1943, he led the University of Wyoming Cowboys all the way to Madison Square Garden. Not only did his team win the NCAA championship, but Kenny Sailors was named the tournament MVP. Not bad, huh? Not bad, not bad. But that's not the end of the story because in uh, January 1946, Life Magazine, oh, oh, you'd say, what is that? Well, this is just kind of a wake-up call, uh, a little diversion. This isn't the, the issue that Kenny Sailors was in, but I thought it was kind of cool. This is June 1946, Life Magazine, and notice that Title on the bottom left, Children's Church. And two girls with their hymnals in Children's Church. Isn't that cool? And you think, man, how times have changed. Right? The cover on Life magazine featuring Children's Church. Don't tell me that America was not founded on Judeo-Christian values, friends. Do your little, do a homework and you'll find out that in fact... It did, but we have been drifting away from it. So, in the January 1946 Life magazine issue, not on the cover, but in the article, there was a photo that changed basketball forever. It was a snapshot of Kenny Sailors elevating above his defender, shooting his patented jump shot. Well, everybody else was on the ground. You see everybody else's feet are on the ground. Nobody's jumping, you know. Nobody's trying to stop the shot because they think nobody's ever done that before. <laughs> yeah. But what that photograph did, it awakened the next generation of athletes to think outside the box. We can jump too. Kenny Saylor's jumped. We can jump. And so coaches started implementing in their practices, hey, let's learn how to jump for a change, huh? And it uh, forever changed the, the game of basketball. Listen, the point of Kenny Sailors is, for years, basketball players never jumped because that's what they didn't do. They always played with both feet on the ground, always. We're, as I mentioned earlier, we're in 2022 right now. You can, you can do your life with Christ the way you have always done it, with both feet on the ground, because that's where you're comfortable. Or you can say, in 2022, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stretch myself spiritually. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out for more of God in my life. I'm not going to bring my past with me, the 2021s, the 2020s, the 2019s, all the inconsistencies, all the baggage, all the failures. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do something different this year. I'm going to read my Bible consistently. Hmm? I'm going to be in church consistently. I'm going to talk with God and let God talk to me more consistently. Some of the core values of following Christ. Because when you do, 
Um, you're not going to get your picture in Life magazine. But I tell you what, you're going to grow spiritually. It's going to make a difference in your life. And so the question is, is the Bible, well, like right here, right now, today, is the Bible the final authority in your life? Or do you have other books on your shelves that you lean into when you want to find answers in life? I'm, I'm so grateful, once again, the Pelicano ship was hopelessly lost in the world. So was I, until Jesus came, took all the garbage and forgave me. All the stuff that held me back, I'm forgiven, I'm free. And I, as you, can walk in victory in this relationship with Christ. So, if you and I are going to live counterculture in this world today, and of course, I... um, there's a science to that for all, for all you submarine fans out there. When, when the submarine goes deeper and deeper, they, the submarine has to put more pressure on the inside so that the submarine doesn't collapse under the pressure of being so far underwater. That's kind of how it is for you and I today as we feel the pressure from our culture pushing on us to conform us like everybody else to let go of our core values and following after Christ. In order to combat that in a very healthy way, it's building up on the inside the pressure we have in that relationship with Christ. So instead of getting crushed in our culture, we can withstand it. And we can thrive. We can thrive. And yes, there can be victory. In following after Jesus. And that's the cool thing, man. Uh, so I've watched uh, Andy Griffith, you know, I, I peek at him every once in a while. You know, Opie. And, uh, and you think, oh, the good old days. I remember those days. But I'll tell you a secret. Those days, to me, it was very easy to live your life undercover. Because Judeo-Christian values were, that foundation still was in our country. And so, you, you know, everybody understood. You know, you talked about Jonah. They knew who Jonah was. They knew about the ark. Today, people don't know that. And for me, I think this is one of the most exciting times because, yes, there's darkness, but the light of Christ is shining in you and me. And we have the privilege of living strong for God in this culture. But we have to be intentional about keeping that pressure strong on on our core. Because if we compromise on our core, we will collapse under the pressure. And you're seeing it happen. You're seeing it happen all around you. You think, wait a minute, I thought that dude, wait a minute, I, th- I, I thought, and then you see or hear about the decisions that were made, and you think, wait a minute, that doesn't add up. It's because the core has been compromised. So, Kenny Soldiers, Sailors, man, he, he, he did something new. He did something fresh. 
And it not only changed his life, but it changed the game of basketball. And this year in 2022, may you and I have that same commitment of doing something that we've never done before in our relationship with Christ. Shall we? All right. All right. And so um, um, R.A. Torrey, who, who lived in the 1850s, uh, into the early 1900s, wrote this. If we think of the Holy Spirit, as so many do, as, a, as merely a power or influence, our constant thought will be, how can I get more of the Holy Spirit? But if we think of him in the biblical way as a divine purpose, our thought will rather be, how can the Holy Spirit have more of me? That's a good thought. Because... We sometimes turn this upside down. I need more of God. God's put everything in him, of him, in you when you put your faith in Christ. That's why you, by going to church, by paying your tithes, by reading your Bible, God doesn't love you more. He can't because he loves you to the full level already. He can't love you anymore. And so God put everything of him in you we have to give God all of us. And, and um, Galatians 5.16, it's not on the screen, but so I say, Paul writes, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The, the key word there is let. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't, be doing what your sinful nature craves. By letting God's Spirit have His way in our lives, we'll not do. When temptation comes, we won't compromise. We won't give in. But rather, we will live strong for the Lord. Um, so how much, of, how much of you does the Holy Spirit have? Just a front-end question here. How much of you does the Holy Spirit have? Um, there was a preacher, uh, Rodney Smith from Australia, was asked if he discovered the secret to being spiritually revived. And his response was simple. He said, draw a circle around yourself and pray, O oh Lord, revive everything in this circle. Isn't that good? Revive everything in this circle. And Lord, that's our prayer this morning. Revive everything inside of me. Show me areas I need for you to have control over. I relinquish those rights to you this morning. Now, as you know, we've been going through the book of Philippians, and I just digress to Philippians 2.13, because again, the, I, I keep thinking of this, that for God, for God is working in you. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So it's not me having to try harder. That's where a lot of followers of Christ get bogged down in the weeds. They think they have to try harder. No, no, you rest in the fact that God is working in you. For God is working in you. That word working in the original language means to put into operation, to be active, to come into activity, 
to be an act of power. It's an act of power. It's, it's being put in operation. God is working in you. And you've heard me say this before, man. When we, uh, when we allow God to work in us and we begin to see life change of how I was and where I am today, it just shoots fireworks off in your spiritual core. Like, God is working in me. He must think I'm special, which he does. Because when you read the Bible, you find out that's true. And that's what we desire. Lord, we want you to work in us. Let's go to Philippians 3 and verse 10. I want to know Christ, Paul says, and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. Paul is not putting his nose up in the air and say, I am Mr. Spiritual, man. God's got my photograph in his museum, you know, for Mr. Spiritual. No, that's not where he's at. He says, I press on to possess that perfection. I press on for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Nor dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. No, 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 no. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Father, we thank you for your word. And, and Lord, may each of us draw a circle around our lives this morning. And pray that simple prayer, Lord, revive everything in this circle. That's our desire. We know that's what you want too, Lord. We want to let you have your way. We want to pursue you. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know uh, your past, your upbringing, if you went to church or not. A lot of times people get caught up in thinking, I've got to clean up my act before I come to Christ. And um, um, that's not true. I, I was thinking when I was in high school, we had uh, Youth for Christ rallies in downtown Chicago. It was actually at Moody Church the historic church, and once a month, they, uh, Youth for Christ would bring in speakers. And, and um, so even then, at the closing of the talk, they would sing, Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Basically, I come just as I am. I, I, don't, I don't need to go through a, 
an express auto wash before, you know, I come into the presence of God. I come as I am with all the Pelicano garbage trash. I come and he, Jesus, cleans me up and we let him do that, which is very cool. And so, just as I am, we come. We come. So number one, I want to know Christ. And Paul, again, saying he wants to know everything there is about Jesus. Uh, uh, just a quick reminder, Paul is chained to a praetorium guard. He, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> he, and, and, and so his goal is, Lord, I want to know more of you. Um, I, I know some of you, but as I get to know you, I realize how much more there is to know about you. And, and so that's where Paul's at. I want to know Christ. And he's not settling in for, I've done this so long, I can just coast. No. Uh, Henry Blackaby, you can't go with God and stay where you are. You can't go with God, you know? If you're going to start jumping in life, you know, uh, to go with God, you can't stay where you are. You've, you've got to do something new. And I was thinking, I, 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 was, I heard a pastor uh, talk about, and this pastor's been in the ministry a long time. He said, I was reading my one-year Bible. <laughs> and I thought, how cool is that? Because again, it's kind of like the, the Bible reading plan built into the one-year Bible. And I thought, isn't that cool, man? To, to simply read the Bible consistently, and um, maybe you've already kind of jumped off the rails, you haven't been consistent with it, get back on, man. Start, start today, get back on track, and stay with it. There are times I don't feel very spiritual, you know. Maybe I don't feel like reading my Bible, but I'll, I was thinking about this, that the, the cool thing about a Bible reading plan is, um, I know where I'm reading, even though I don't feel like it. It's a discipline. You know, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a boundary I put around my life so that even though I may not feel, because if I don't feel, I went to the dentist Thursday and, and Debbie rode with me and I said, I am feeling anxiety. You know? Do I want to go to the dentist? No! No! But I want to keep my teeth, man. I do. I want to keep my teeth. I like my teeth. Because there's gin, you know, on my gums, and I, my mom and dad had gum stuff going on, so I get gum stuff, you know. How are your gums today? <laughs> so I, I have to go to get, keep my gums going. And, and so I, I went. Because I, even though I have anxiety going there, I know in the long term it will benefit me. Same thing with reading your Bible. Maybe you don't feel like it, but by doing it for the long term, there will be benefits, friend. There will. There will be benefits for the long haul. So that's where Paul's at. And I, two weeks ago, we, we hit this, the sick of me. Life, Lisa Whittle, I'm just going to read a little blip from that because it, to me, I think it's so good. 
She writes, I must be honest, I need God to consume me more than my life currently does. The truth is, I'm sick of me. I'm sick of being hot and cold for God, depending on my circumstance. I'm sick of wrestling with the same things I've wrestled with for most of my life. I want God. The sick of me life says, I'm tired of being halfway in with God. I want to get off the spiritual roller coaster where I'm good one minute and, and the next minute I don't want to pray or read my Bible. I want to make progress. Sound good? Yeah, man. I want to be free from the chains that have kept me bound. That is, man, I think that's a hard cry for a lot of us, you know. The sick of me. And I think it, it takes that, that's one of the keys to making change in 2022, to start jumping maybe where you didn't jump before, that I'm so sick of my life, of being inconsistent and so cold, and then I'm hot, and then I'm cold, Man, to, keep, to keep steady, to keep steady. And um, Paul says, I, I haven't arrived. I, keep, I want to know Christ more. Number two, I haven't arrived yet. Verse 12a, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. You, you catch it in Paul's writing that he's dissatisfied. He, you know, he's super excited that God's working in his life, but he realizes there's so much more that God could be doing in him. And so to progress in this race that Paul is putting out before us, there has to be that dissatisfaction to keep us, that drive, you know, to keep running. Paul says, I don't want to put it on cruise control. The Phillips puts it this way, I do not consider myself to have arrived spiritually. And that's, that's the thing. As we grow in Christ, we never settle in. I am so mature, man. I'm so mature. I'm so far along with God. I can just coast. No, that's, no. Spiritual maturity realizes I need to know more of Christ. See? There's that spiritual hunger inside of us to keep that motivation. And Psalm 37, 34, put your hope in the Lord and travel steadily along his path. Um, that's kind of my, hmm, that's one of my core values, I believe, that what, reading the Gospels, reading the life of Christ, he, Jesus was always steady. He wasn't up here spiritually and then down in the valley. Hey, guys, uh, uh, I'm, uh, I need help. <laughs> he was always steady. He was always moving forward, which kind of reminds me of this great spiritual story found in the rabbit and the turtle. Um, you know, one day the rabbit knew how fast he was and he came across the turtle and said, hey, how about if we race, knowing that the turtle was so slow? He thought it was a done deal and to the rabbit's surprise, the turtle just said, yeah, I'll challenge you to a race. And the rabbit thought it was a good joke and so he accepted the challenge and of course the fox was the umpire of the race and the race began and the rabbit took off way ahead of the turtle just like everybody thought you know it's like a no-brainer and the rabbit got to the halfway mark and he couldn't see the turtle anymore and he says I'm just going to take a nap um, when I wake up I can 
find them and cruise to the finish line. And so um, all, the tur- all the while, the turtle keeps steady, one foot in front of the other, all four feet in front of the other, moving down the trail. He never quit, no matter how tired or how hot he got, he kept going. And the rabbit slept longer than he thought he did, and he woke up, he couldn't see the turtle anywhere, and he ran full speed to the finish line, and the turtle was waiting for him at the finish line. There's a lot of rabbits who call themselves followers of Christ. You know, they get revved for a week, maybe a month, and then they take a nap spiritually. I think God is saying to us, we should start a turtle club. (laughs) There's another club, I know, another club for Life Church, but the turtle club, we're steady, you know? We, We don't... We don't get hot. We don't get cold. We're steady, man. We are steady followers of Christ. Yo? That's, that's the way we need to go. And um, thinking about, you know, following Christ is not a hobby. I'll pick it up when I feel like it. I'll put it away when I'm not. It demands total commitment as a follower of Christ. Really, it demands total equipment, uh, uh, commitment. And thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Got through that. Um, So I was thinking about this because Easter's coming up, and one of my favorite songs is When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. Love so amazing, love so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Man, when I sing that, it just, it's powerful. You know, this thing that you think you can be a follower of Christ and do it whenever you feel like it or when you get the gospel goosebumps. No, 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 no. It's every day. Today, I'm going to live for Jesus Christ today. It's a one day commitment. Because if you don't, Paul says you're going to lose that race. So Martin DeHaan, he's a Bible teacher. He put it this way, self-satisfaction is the death of progress. Be careful. We have to be careful. Because spiritual pride can destroy us if we let it. And when we become a professional Christian, man, it uh, it can hurt us. Sin separates us from God. And, And ladies and gentlemen, I just want to encourage you. It's possible that you feel distant from God today, and maybe, maybe it's because you haven't read your Bible in a while, you know? Because when we sin, the, the guilt and shame that the enemy is so good at dumping on us, you know? Just like that ship coming out of Philadelphia, man, loaded with stuff and garbage and trash. The enemy says, you are no good. God can't love you. God can't use you. And sin will make us feel distant from God. So then we tend not to read the Bible because the enemy with that little voice in the back says, you can't read your Bible because you'll be a hypocrite. That little game he loves to play. You start drifting away from your Christian friends. You 
like Adam and Eve in the garden, you hide from God. You know, we hide from God. And the more we sin, the more we avoid God. It's a terrible trap. And at a men's retreat, there were 550 men attending. And by the way, guys, sign up for no regrets after the gathering today. It's a, it's a great time. They, they were surveyed with the following question, what causes you to disconnect from God on a continual, habitual, or fatal basis? Out of the 550 men, 90, over 90% indicated anonymously that certain sins in their lives were reasons for a spiritual disconnection with God. And see, with men, this is just the men... With men, you start, you stop. You start, you stop. See, these, these um, continual habitual sins that keep showing up on the radar, it will disconnect you from God. Don't let that happen this year. Don't let it happen. Say no to that. Say, God, you're living in me. Help me through your power and the desire you're giving me to please you in everything that I do. Put it on the table. And ask God, God, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to live free in 2022. So, that's a good place. On the front end of 2022, to be candid, transparent with the Lord. He knows everything that's going on on the inside anyway. So, there we are. How many rabbits? How many turtles are in the house today? <laughs> God help us to be a turtle. Steady, one day at a time. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity we've had to be encouraged by Paul under house arrest. Um, Help us, Lord, in this season of life, in this year, um, this year that we don't know what's going to happen, but you do. And that's the good thing, that we can put our lives in your hands. Forgive us, Lord, if we have been rabbits, if we have compromised our core so that the pressure of this culture is pushing in on us to collapse us, Lord. Forgive us if we have drifted from you. And Lord, once again, we're still in January and we need to cement this commitment of following you one day at a time to walk steadily along your path. Help us do that, Lord, as a family. As Life Church, Lord, we desire that this will be the year that sin no longer has a grip. It pulls the chain and we give in to it. Lord, we don't want to do that anymore. We want to live strong for you. And so we pray, Lord, that your spirit will encourage us, strengthen us, Lord, to do what's pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen.